Well, good morning and welcome to Q&A. We're so excited to have you this morning. If you have questions from today's service, the number's up on the screen and we would invite you to text them in. So we have a couple guests this morning. One of a couple. Already, a co- they're yeah, late. Yeah, a couple. <laughs> they are late. We need some discipline around here. Yeah, we do. We need some discipline. <laughs> so hopefully they'll be here shortly, but we're so excited that you have joined us this morning. And so we're going to have a whole crew of uh, guys here with us this morning <laughs> to answer Maybe questions. we just called, we just called my older brother, Clayt, and uh, <laughs> he is somewhere. You called him? Yeah, I called him. Good for you. So we'll leave him in the chair on the end. Oh, that one's actually for your dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I have one. <laughs> this so, is for Jesus. Thank yeah. you, chair. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure that we um, highlight him appropriately <laughs> as he comes <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, great service. As a parent, super challenging, um, as always. I know I've mentioned many times a lot of what I come back to in Q&A is my role as a parent, um, because it's such a moment-by-moment, everyday um, role. So super encouraging this morning. There he is. He's made it. I'm telling you, we need some discipline here. <laughs> cool. We've got a mic there for you. Yeah, I should have said, Clay, you're always on time so well. <laughs> <laughs> so, Doug, perspective, you, to... you were still talking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> you were north. Yeah. Oh, Sorry about good. that. <laughs> that's awesome. So, but Doug, then when I saw Will calling me, I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> The call of doom, call of shame. <laughs> exactly. Do you want to do introductions here? Sure. Uh, this is my oldest son, Clayt, and he and his wife, Roxanne, have two children. And this is my second son, Will, and he and his wife, Danielle, have four girls. So uh, I thought they could be here, not only from the child perspective and what really happened in the rut home, and also as you guys engage in being parents as well. I did invite my daughter in case you're like, hey, where's the girls? I did invite my daughter, who is a mom of three kids as well, to be here. And she thought she was going to be here, but ended up going back to South Carolina last night. Their son has some pretty significant breathing problems. So they headed back to South Carolina last night. Good times. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> so, for, Clay, if you wouldn't mind moving your mic to the front right there, just because we won't be able to hear you. There we go. Perfect. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so we've already had a question or two come in. If you guys want to go ahead and okay, get the goal will be here. for them to talk more than me, since I just did for forty minutes. <laughs> All right, hope you're ready. All right, let's do it. <laughs> um, as a grown adult, how can I speak the truth and love to my believing parent who continues to exasperate me with some of the dirty dozen mentioned in the message? Mm. So this individual will be an adult child um, in this situation. Right. Hmm. So what would you guys say to me if I was exasperating you? It's really the question, I think. Uh, well, kind of implied in the question is that you're already saying something, but I think saying something is really important. Um, I think it's really easy to get frustrated about things, but then just assume that the other person, like they know what they're doing and so, and they're doing it anyway and just be frustrated in silence. And so I think the first thing you got to do is uh, speak up and um, yeah, so speak up is the first thing comes to mind you're saying for the child to speak up yeah yeah there can be a i guess just piggybacking off of that there can be an unawareness right Mm -hmm. from of what a person is doing 
And I guess bringing it back to, you probably know where I'm going with this. Um, just bringing it back, I guess, to the, to the Rutt household. This was not as an adult kid, but as a child, there was a... Um, Pretty close, though. You were, what, 18? Oh, I don't know where you're going. No, no, no I was 18. <laughs> okay. To the, I was like, I think it was in middle school. Oh. Uh, but learning about the, what, what kind of window is it called? Oh, the, go- the complex where it's some things only you know about you? Oh, right, yes. 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 Jahari's window. Jahari's window. You knew it when you were 12. <laughs> I knew it when I was 12. <laughs> That's right. I forgot the name of it. Um, but uh, so uh, maybe I should, I'll start the story by telling another story. Uh, there is a, uh, a, a time we went in bike riding and um, on these trails uh, that we found. <laughs> Uh, we found a little ramp that we really like to ride the bike over and take a ramp over. <laughs> and me and Will did it, and it worked out great for us. And we turned back behind, and Dad's pedal, and he's going out. And he gets a little bit off of his bike, and he lands <laughs> in a wrong spot. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. And he is rolling on the ground in pain. And, and the funniest thing, you want nobody wanted me to, us to go over and do? He said, guys, come over and tell me a joke. I want to laugh so hard. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. That's not at all what no, he said. No, <laughs> he said, leave me alone. Like, back we're up. Back up. Because we're all like, what's going on with that? <laughs> right? So one of the things as a kid that when we would, like, wrestle or get hurt, um, I found that, like, dad was always trying to make us laugh. Like, trying to make a joke out of it. Oh, yeah. And this you- was like. Try to distract him. Right. This was frustrating me. I felt like he didn't care or that his, uh, uh, that my pain didn't real wasn't, um, real. And so in Bill Winton's, uh, class, we learned about Jahari's window of some people, some things that some people don't know about, uh, that you don't know about yourself, but other people know about you. And so, you know, classic me, I'm not thinking about how is this? I'm like, this is perfect message for my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and so I go up and I said, Dad, have you ever heard of Jari's window? And so, and he was like, I think he had. And he was shocked that I had. And I said, well, sometimes when we get hurt, you, you um, want to make us laugh. When all I want you to do is acknowledge that we're hurting. And so he actually responded very well to that. And, um, Change changes actions for when we were hurt in the future. Yeah, I remember that very distinctly. We lived off of Greenland Road. We were sitting on the couch when you told me that, and I was shocked. That I was like, "How in the world did you know about Jahari's window?" And it made me appreciative again of the value of the partnership of the church and our raising of our kids, our youth ministry and children's ministry. Joni Alexander then. Bill Winton in junior high, so, so significant in their partnership with us. And so, yeah, Clay <clears throat> told me something I had no idea about myself. And in doing so, um, told me he was feeling something that I would not have felt. So, yeah, for you're saying even as an adult, the parent may be blind to it. Right. And go back to so, the question. Yeah. yeah, to go back to be able to go. Hey, I don't know if you know this about you. You're hoping that there's a responsiveness, but letting them know something they may be blind to was good. Yeah. So saying something, I think, um, and and not coming at your parent accusatory, but um, in some way, like assuming the best and saying, instead of saying, like accusing them of something, I think you can say, when you do this, it makes me feel this. And it would help me if you did this. 
um, I think would be a good process. Yeah. That, that's well explained to what you did as a 12 year old. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, thinking about this question, it makes me think about situations where someone may step out to have that conversation. What if it's not received well? You know, how do you handle that situation when a parent says, I don't do that, or you just need to toughen up, um, whether you're a child or an adult child? When you've taken, when you've done what is in your power to control and that you've made that statement, but it's not necessarily reciprocated or understood as in um, your story that you shared. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't have a good answer for that, and um, and, and only to say that if we're talking from our own personal experience, um, that wasn't our our experience. That um, I felt like when we approached our our parents, um, it was it was often received. And so, um, if that's if I'm understanding your question correctly. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll turn it over to the smart one. Every time. <laughs> uh, I don't think this is smart and it's not a smart aleck answer, but everybody wants, uh, would desire a perfect father or a mother. We get a perfect heavenly father. These guys didn't get perfect parents. And oftentimes it's our imperfections that we learn. It's the imperfections that we learn from. So are there things that I hope I do as a parent that are in response to maybe what my parents didn't do as well as I would have wished? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I would say to that parent, that adult who's gone, but my parents just won't listen to me. Uh, I'm sorry. And I'm not saying that flippantly. I'm sorry. That is frustrating. Don't be that person. Um, you know, I shared in the message, my parents got divorced when I was 10. And I remember as like a 14, 15-year-old uh, with Youth for Christ hearing some wild statistic of the number of, if your parents divorced, the percentage that I was then going to be divorced, mm-hmm. of how that multiplies. And I remember the Lord using that in my life to, for a far greater resolve that I won't be simply a statistic. And so I would hope that, um, like I see, I see my sons doing some things with their kids that better than I did with them. And I'm grateful for that, whether that's been in response to them going, man, uh, dad and mom were below average here. They've never said those words to us, but I've seen them do things better with their kids than we did with them. And I hope that's a response of them learning. Everybody gets to be an example, sometimes a good example, sometimes a bad example. The point is learn from the example, whether it's positive or negative. Right. And take the opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. And the original question was, what if you try to, what if you speak up and the parent doesn't respond well? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I would say, I'm sorry, that is really frustrating. And then don't stoop back down to your fleshly tendency that wants to kind of get back at them because they don't understand you. And so now you need to kind of punish them. Um, I think you, you, if you took the high road, mm-hmm. stay on the high road and keep staying on the high road. Right. Yeah, that's a really good encouragement.
Um, next question here is actually from the perspective of an aunt. Um, so I'm an aunt and I have a nephew in college um, that's taking part in illegal drugs. His mom is talking to him about it, but is it my place to say anything myself? I don't want to overstep by not, but not saying anything doesn't feel right. So those family members on the outside kind of mm-hmm. that question about stepping in and the support roles for those parents. My initial reaction to that is like a lot of situations, it kind of depends and what your relationship is like. If, if speaking into the drug situation is the first time that this guy's going to have heard from you in a long time, then I'd say, you know, you don't have the relational rapport to speak into that. So maybe not, but, um, if there's a relationship, even just like a decent, a good relationship, then I would say definitely speak in. And I don't, I would say definitely speak in. Agree, disagree? I agree. You agree? I think so. Yeah. Um, no, I think the relational commode is super important. The only thing I think I would add to that is uh, to the degree that it's part of your story. Uh, if you had less relationship, but it's part of your story, you may be able to go, I know we have, so acknowledge, we haven't had much relationship, but you probably don't know this was part of my story. And this has been some of the pain that's been part of it. And so I think his uh, real life can maybe give some allowance that relationship hasn't been there. But if it's purely principle morality issue, apart from relationship, uh, yeah, I think and this is not a throwaway. I think you pray for your nephew. That's the relationship. Yeah. You pray for your Mm -hmm. nephew that, uh, God would help them see the path of destruction uh, they're on. Yeah. Cause when, when, when my aunt comes in swooping as the drug police, um, there are ways to, to do that where it will be more effective towards the, the goal than, um, and there's, there's more effective ways and less effective ways to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next question here. So one of my struggles has been encouragement. Um, I hate how much I see blowing smoke in our culture. I try to be specific if I'm encouraging, um, yet my grown children would say I'm critical. How do I become more of an encouraging parent? That's good. That's a great question. Because I think they're saying, as you guys are thinking about the, that question, they're they're saying, uh, I don't want to be fake. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say things that would sound encouraging, but they're not true. So how do I be authentic and encouraging at the same time? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think... Our radar is always up for our kids in regard to what they're doing wrong. And it does take some work to have a radar up for um, things that we're doing well. And that I, I remember that when we were at Mandarin High, teachers have the same sort of thing. The radar is always up for kids who are doing right. um, something wrong. And Mr. Paul, who used to teach uh, woodshop at Mandarin High, he would only call parents um, when he saw kids doing something good. And both of us, I don't know if you remember, got calls home. Um, just bragging on us. And that's, and I remember he, he actually left a voicemail and it made me want to, to do that more. And so I think the sort of the principle there is, is working hard to have 
uh, the radar up for even the smallest thing that I can that I can champion and and getting creative to do it because I would say that's a creative thing for a teacher to say I'm going to make a call a phone call home and so maybe some creative ways to um, you know classic like leave a post-it note on the on the mirror or something so, just thinking outside special. the box a little bit mm-hmm. a little bit that is affirming something that is true and not just kind of like true and specific not mm-hmm. just you know you're super compassionate or you know true and specific yeah i think the specificity is really helpful mm-hmm. when you call that out i think about um giving gratitude to your children you're saying like thank you for doing that you really show love you put someone else before yourself you know that to encourage them in those behaviors mm-hmm. but i like that i think it's a great point being specific with something not just way to go but you are a good teammate you mm-hmm. you know you encourage someone when they were down or whatever to be specific, really helpful for kids and adults. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add? Click. Um, I, that's not particularly, I mean, I'm just trying to think of it in our own relationship with Piper and Tate. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of instruction and a lot of criticism that goes on. Um, but there's certain behaviors and characteristics that we want to affirm in it. Um, I'm just thinking, I guess Piper, who's in, becoming more and more social. And uh, we went on a trip to Charleston re- recently, and she went up to every single person at, in the um, bed and breakfast and said hi to them multiple, <laughs> multiple times. Like, Aww, would just keep so on sweet. going over and say hi. And they, she wouldn't say anything else, just hi, 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 hi. Um, and it honestly a little bit irritated me that I was like, okay, now she's bothering these people. Um, <laughs> But I called her aside and, and I said, hey, Piper, I, I like that you love people so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was trying to uplift and, and instill in her a value that people matter yeah. and that speaking to people matter. And yeah. that makes them feel loved. So I don't know if that directly answers the question, um, but just given an example of how, I, how I've tried to, mm-hmm. to encourage in something that seemed, you know, minor. Yeah, I think in that, what's something that you're getting at, though, that maybe this will help this. I think it's a mom. It sounds like a mom. Did it sound like a mom? Did I, I don't just remember. interpret it that way? Uh, male or it female? doesn't say. Okay, male or female. So mom or dad with, with adult kids. Mm-hmm. Um, what Clayton identified there was there's, there's multiple levels of who people are. There's their behavior. Um, then there is their effort and then there's their desire. Mm-hmm. And so we tend to only think about encouragement as it relates to behavior. Mm-hmm. But in that situation, you can go, I want to encourage the behavior, but I also want to encourage the heart. What's in the heart there right. that the behavior was good. Now it's getting irritating, but what I love is the heart there. So I would encourage this parent to go, if if it's fake to encourage behavior because you're not seeing it, then go to the next level and ask yourself, do I see effort there? And where you can encourage effort that isn't always being demonstrated in good behavior, then there's encouragement. And if you can't even see effort there, do you see desire? Because below desire, uh, below behavior is effort, below effort, I think, is desire. And so I think if you think on those levels, you might be able to authentically identify 
something to encourage. And, and I think uh, desire and courage will lead to effort and effort uh, and courage will lead to behavior. She may have to go a little bit deeper. That was good. You got a thumbs up. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> I think this is a harder one for these guys, quite frankly, because um, I'm not the best at encouraging. I remember when I was a youth pastor, we'd finish a retreat and, well, I shouldn't say, we were coming to the end of a retreat and my first question would be, how can we do it better next year? And a leader said to me one time, could we please just enjoy what was good about this retreat before we try to make the next one better? And I was like, eh, not really. That's not (laughs) really what I want to do. (laughs) So I am not, uh, I'm it's a cop out to say I'm not built that way. It's more honest to say I have to give greater effort. And so that thought process was that I just articulated was a recognition of, I have to give greater effort. It's not natural. It seems like it's more natural for some people. Joni Alexander was a perfect example. I think of a person who just naturally encouraged. Mm-hmm. So they didn't get a good example in that, honestly. Sorry. Well, I mean, there's more if we're talking about encouragement in terms of words. But you, I think you can encourage somebody by a um, presence as well. I mean, um, at, uh, for whatever reason, like the idea of um, you come into soccer games that I knew that your parents didn't go to, but you're. Uh, you know, you didn't say necessarily anything on the on the sideline that I could hear, but I could see that you were there. And that was a, yeah, and that was an encouragement, right? And that was an, an encouragement. Um, well, that was Tommy. That was Tommy. Yeah. Right. So, the, um, I mean, am I right? There's more more yeah. ways to encourage than just with, with words. words. Yeah, no, that's good. Notes too, but I guess that's words. Yeah, I think that's great. That presence, as you talked about this morning, like that being there and also engaged. Mm-hmm. So anything as we wrap up that you guys have in your heart that you would want to leave um, audience with this morning as we finish up. Really appreciate you guys being here, by the way. Yeah. A great time to have you guys here. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the biggest thing that stands out to me is what we talked about with presence mm-hmm. and how possible it is to, to be in a room without being in a room. And how much of a deadly thing this is, because as much as teenagers get blamed for being stuck on this, um, we were probably all at Thanksgiving and had a moment where we looked around and all the adults were scrolling. And um, and I've a thought if my girls are on their phones as teenagers, as much as I am now in front of them, would I be happy about that or would I be frustrated by that? And I want what I do now to to. I want, I want to live now in a way with my phone in a way that would make me happy about the way they use their phones later. I think that's a great way to look at, to flip that perspective on the example that we're setting before our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a great example. Well, thank you guys so much for being here this morning. Thank really you. appreciate it. And if you guys have a wonderful day.